Welcome to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Happy today to be here, and we're going to talk about financial intelligent automation in the digital bank. We're going to be speaking with the IDC Financial Insights team of Jerry Silva. Jerry, wave hello for the viewers when they see this. Aaron Press, welcome Aaron and Mark DeCastro. I'm going to be asking them for their insights on how AI, that's artificial intelligence, is being used across the risk and compliance spectrum, including security as a risk. And we're going to talk about the AI-based automation and analytics tools that are being used to transform risk and compliance functions within a framework of trust worthy and ethical AI. What a great goal. So let's start off with introductions. Jerry Silva, welcome and please introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about your passion for this topic. Jerry, welcome. Thanks, Bonnie. So I'm Jerry Silva. I'm the Program Vice President for IDC Financial Insights here in the U.S. I've been in banking for about 36 years and I'm glad I'm no longer in banking because I'm that cantankerous old banker that would yell, get out of my branch. Um, but still, it's this is probably the most exciting time in the last decade or so that I've seen in terms of banking's uh, use of technology. So happy to be here to talk about it. Thank you very much. We like to associate the word exciting time with technology. That's always a good thing. And let's go to your first co-panelist, Aaron Press. Welcome, Aaron. Please introduce yourself. Thanks, Bonnie D. Uh, yes, Aaron Press. I am the Research Director for Worldwide Payment Strategies um, in the Financial Insights team at IDC. Um, and my remit is really to look across the payments industry, which includes both bank payments, account to account, um, and the card world, uh, which includes issuing, processing, and merchant acquiring. Um, I've been in the payments industry for 17 years, analyzing uh, payments and payment adjacent industries like risk, fraud, and compliance, which we'll be talking about here today. Um, and to be honest, when I got into this, I never thought that payments would be this interesting to this many people, but I am thrilled that it is. <laughs> well, we're thrilled that you're thrilled. And let's go to our third panelist in this round, Mark DeCastro. Welcome, Mark. Please introduce yourself. Why are you here? Hi. Thanks, Bonnie D. It's Mark DeCastro. I'm the research director at IDC Financial Insights, and I cover the consumer banking engagement strategies practice. So I look at the channels, specifically the digital self-service channels, as well as the employee assistant, so branch and contact center. So I, I worked in banking for 20 years. Um, like Jerry, I had a very similar career path. And, and now that I work from home, I've gone from Jerry, uh, get out of my branch to, uh, hey, kid, get off my lawn, because I'm able to see everybody walking by. So AI is a great topic. I think we'll have some really good conversation and insight. Thank you very much. Conversation and insight is what we're about here. Jerry Silva is leading this round. Jerry, I asked you to send me your favorite movie quote, song quote, TV quote, and you picked a quote from a movie I'm not familiar with. The movie is Rounders, 1998 American drama film about the underground world of high stakes poker. I think there's banking involved in there somewhere, but I'm not sure about how much AI. <laughs> and the quote is from the character Mike McDermott, played by Matt Damon iconic actor these days. And here's the quote. That's the safe play. I told Worm, you can't lose what you don't put in the middle, but you can't win much either. Jerry, how does this quote relate to our topic in your own words? Jerry Silva. Uh, so, so first of all, go and see the movie. It's a fantastic movie. It's, it's, uh, it's cultish at this point. There are so many quotes 
that I hear just day to day from that from that particular movie. But but I like that quote because it, it really defines what what financial services, you know, banking, insurance, and capital markets is all about. It's about risk. I mean, these are all risk based businesses, and so to that extent, these institutions make decisions decisions every day about things like, you know, am I willing to underwrite insurance for this particular person? If it's a life insurance, uh, if it's a life insurance policy, the reason they ask you things like, you know, do you smoke is because it goes against the risk algorithms that they have about whether they're willing to insure you or not. If you're a bank and you're going to, uh, you know, you're being asked to loan some money to a corporation or a small business, you, t- you undertake the same kind of decision. Am I willing, you know, what's the what's the credit worthiness of this business? Um, am I willing to loan that? And those kinds of decisions typically come down to people. I mean, they've got, you know, data behind them and everything else, but, but bottom line, it comes down to people. And the risk part of it is just, you know, a third of that whole, of that whole area. So, you know, in playing the game of poker, you have to kind of figure out, am I, you know, how much am I willing to bet? Am I going to stay in the game? Am I going to fold the cards? Um, and then you've got rules, which represents kind of the, gov- the uh, governance side of things. So the rules of poker, there are some technical rules about betting. You can only bet in certain increments of what's called the big blind or the initial, the initial bets. Um, and then there are some unspoken rules about cheating and so forth. And then the compliance aspect is really about are you adhering to those rules? And if you've seen the movie, you can see that throughout the movie, Matt Damon and his, and his buddy um, cheat quite a bit to, to win these games. And at one scene, they're playing against a group of police officers who find out that they've been cheating. And you can imagine what happens to them at that point. That's really about compliance and the the non-compliance of these, of these rules, both technical and unspoken. So I thought it was a perfect metaphor for the kinds of decisions, the kind of risks that banks have to undertake in order to make, you know, create the, econ- the economics that, that basically makes the world go around. Thank you very much. The world go around cheating at poker. I have to figure out how to do that. I don't play. Okay, Jerry Silva, you are leading on us on this one. Why don't you give us a deep dive, but a brief one on your insights on our topic today. And then what will happen is I will invite Aaron Press to agree or disagree if you dare, Mr. Press, with what Mr. Silva says. And then we'll round out our panel discussion with Mark DeCastro. So, Jerry, what are we talking about? Well, so I guess to continue that metaphor, when you're talking about playing poker or or banking or insurance or even even trading in the securities world, it really is about balancing uh, the science and the art of these decisions, of these risks that you're taking. Um, and to a certain extent, artificial intelligence has helped us somewhat with the science part, but only in very, very small ways to date. And so if we include, for example, security uh, and fraud in particular in under that GRC umbrella, um, we can talk about AI models that have already been helping institutions combat payments fraud, for example, and, and Aaron will attest to this. In fact, last year during the pandemic, the FBI uh, Internet uh, Fraud Internet Fraud Group, I think, um, had said that they had seen as much fraud take place through May of 2020 as they had in all of 2019. And so banks for a while have been implementing artificial intelligence systems, machine learning systems, and so forth to try to catch fraud and prevent it. Now, that's the science part of it. The, the art part of it is that these same systems, these same al- algorithms occasionally catch a good customer who the science believes or the algorithms believe is doing the wrong thing. And so there's the balancing act of to what extent do I try to prevent fraud by shutting down transactions and yet not affect the real good customers that I have and shutting them down. 
So, so there's the balancing act that we're talking about. And where AI is helping is this kind of, at this point, is kind of getting out of that science aspect and helping us with uh, better artful decisions on, on risk. So we are starting to see more and more adoption of AI in helping us make the decisions, not necessarily creating the decisions, but helping us. But sometimes if, if you think about it and what the banks are telling us, if you don't do it carefully, it can actually cause more damage than, than benefit. Uh, we've already seen, in fact, this year we saw early in the spring, we saw both the European Union and the Federal Trade Commission here in the US warn, uh, it's been warning so far, there's no new regulations, but warn institutions about using data, particularly social data, for, for instance, in, in biased AI algorithms. So, you know, where I used to talk about, you know, there's the possibility of using LinkedIn, for example, to find out if a person is gainfully employed before you make a decision on lending. Well, now they're telling us, no, you can't do that. You can't use data from social networks to, to make decisions on credit lending and other social networks. Um, there's also, you know, the creepiness factor. I know the bank knows a lot about me. In fact, I think the only the only other institution that knows more about me than my bank is my supermarket, just based on the things that I buy week in and week out. But there's the danger of the of at least as a customer perceiving that the bank knows too much about me, and how's that going to affect my relationship with the institution? Uh, and then you know I mentioned again the fraud part of of uh, AI, where um, if I'm making a transaction and the bank shuts me down because you know I'm out of town or out of the country. I'm going to feel differently about the bank. You know, I'm, I'm kind of grateful that they're protecting me, but by the same token, it's, it's inconvenient to shut me down. So you really have to be careful about where you're implementing AI and so forth. The other kind of um, thing about AI that, that may slow down its adoption is going back to what uh, Federal Trade Commission and the, and the European Union have said so far. It's been warnings, but that whole area of compliance, right? So I implement an AI model to do something, make, make some decision on some uh, area in my line of business. Um, I don't know whether the regulations tomorrow are going to change where I can no longer use that. So here I am, uh, and I'm going to mention another quote that from one of your previous uh, shows, Bonnie, that I absolutely loved. Uh, it was a quote from uh, the comedian Stephen Wright who said, you know that feeling when you're tipping back in your chair and you're right on the edge of losing balance and falling backwards? I feel like that all the time. And that's exactly the example of a bank who's trying to push the envelope around risk taking, because to Matt Damon's point, you can't win if it's not in the, in the middle of the table and, and yet not losing your shirt on those bets or not running afoul of compliance. And if you don't know what compliance is going to look like next year, you really have to be careful about the use of AI. It has great potential to help us make better decisions. I've seen examples where AI is being used to locate other restaurants of the same cuisine before making a decision on a new restaurant, small business loan. So you can tell, you can tell the owner, well, you know, there are already five Thai restaurants in this neighborhood. You're probably not as good a credit risk as, as somebody else. Um, so really great use cases around the use of artificial intelligence, machine learning, but you really have to be careful about how you're adopting it. Thank you very much, Jerry. I was just thinking today that my grocery uh, loyalty card does track everything I buy, and they offer me sales based on what I bought the week before. A little bit scary. We have just a few minutes left. Aaron Press, would you please chime in on what Jerry Silva so generously shared with us on yeah, compliance? Sure. Go ahead. So, yeah, I mean, a few things. Really, just to amplify a couple of things that I thought were, were really important. One is, you know, AI is really only as good as the data that you get in. Um, and so it's important to have a large body of data that comes in and increasingly, especially in the fraud world, to have consortium models 
where that data can come in from multiple sources. And one thing that's really important about that is understanding the outcome of decisions that have already been made. So you can look at the model and say, how do we need to change it? Did we do a good job with that model or not? Um, and the other thing that I wanted to amplify was kind of this, Jerry said sort of fraud versus friction as a, as a sort of constant refrain, really the idea of false positives creating a poor customer experience. And that's true, not just in fraud, um, where you have what the industry calls the insult rate, where you've been uh, turned away because something about your transaction was, uh, was suspicious. But this also is a huge problem in uh, the anti-money laundering world, um, where, they, where the banks are required to do a huge amount of screening against a huge number of lists and other uh, parameters in order to say, is this potentially money laundering? And when there is a false positive there, um, the challenge of remediating that and saying either, yes, this actually is something we need to worry about, or far more often, no, this is something we don't need to worry about. That requires a lot of human interaction, a lot of input, um, and a lot of time and money. And so the, it's really important to get that, uh, that, that decision model right um, and, and refine it constantly. Because we've seen again and again, uh, these systems get implemented generating huge numbers of false positives and uh, end up uh, creating a, a, a massive bottleneck in the bank, a lot of cost and poor customer experiences. Thank you very much. Mark DeCastro, you get the final word. What do yeah, you think? Uh, I'll be brief. So, so to me, frictionless, um, sometimes a little friction is good. And I think as if we're, we got to be careful about not creating this environment where the customer doesn't anticipate a little bit of headwinds. Um, especially when it comes to fraud. I think sometimes like, oh, it's okay. I'm glad you're looking out for me. And then the last thing I just want to say is, you know, AI coupled with machine learning can give us insights that we never thought we would have. For example, I've heard of, of models that have detected if your battery is at a low percentage and you're applying for a loan, you're more likely fraudulent. I mean, things like you would never think of if we didn't have AI and machine learning working together. Thank, oh, you were brief and to the point. Thank you very much. Jerry Silva, thank you for great conversation starters. I want to thank the IDC Financial Insights team of Jerry Silva. Wave goodbye, Aaron Press. Wave goodbye, Mark DeCastro. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. Find us on voiceamerica.com, the business channel. Look for us. Lots of episodes coming. Bye-bye.